0: This week's person was notable against his own will. He didn't write an autobiography, he didn't do interviews, and yet he became one of the most fascinating and studied figures from his time period, outliving many of his peers and pushing them to new heights in their field. He was Tom Crean, the farmhand at the end of the world. Welcome to Persona. Stories of Fascinating People. Now, on Persona, you may have noticed if you've been listening that I talk a lot by myself. Well, today I'm not by myself. I have in the, um, well, let's call it a studio, really actually my living room, but anyway, it's a nice living room. It's a nice living room. There's our couches and things. Uh, I have Paul Albrecht. Hello. Paul Albrecht is an actor, voice actor, a uh, occasional voice actor.
1: Occasional voice actor. He's
0: available for hire if you want him. And artist uh, living in Letterkenny. <clears throat> Say hello to the folks at home. Hello. So Paul, I talked to you. Um, about, what, two weeks ago, and I said, if you'd want to be on this podcast, who would be somebody that stands out to you as somebody that you'd want to talk about? And you said, in no uncertain terms, it was...
1: Tom Crean.
0: Now, <clears throat> who was that?
1: Tom Crean was a very strong man who was born in... <laughs> who was born in... Why do I keep... Okay, this is yeah. This is weird. It's okay. all right. We'll
0: edit this out.
1: Uh, I'm not editing it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that information. Um, he was born in he well his he, he was born in eighteen seventy seven. Okay. Um, on a farm. He was mostly at a farm.
0: Where and where was the farm?
1: Um, it was. Gort, <laughs> Gortacurin. Yeah, it was in, in
0: County Kerry in in Ireland. Yeah.
1: Yeah, in County Kerry, um, he attended Breclun National School until the age of twelve.
0: Right, and And so then
1: he started, and and then he started working on a family farm. Yeah. But then, after three years of doing it, he in nineteen in eighteen ninety three, at age fifteen. With no permission from his parents, he ran away and signed up for the British Royal Navy.
0: Right. So there's two interesting things about that person of his story. One is, it was unusual. He was a Catholic Irish person. It was unusual for somebody of that background to join the Royal Navy. It wasn't unheard of, but it was unusual. So, now I read some things about this. They said that the impetus may have been that he had a fight with his father. There, yeah
1: th- 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 there was a sort of altercation about him wanting to go for the Royal Navy but okay. his father was very keen on him staying and keeping the family like the family business together yeah and continuing which it which is
0: it's typical of of Irish society even to this day that yes. people do like to keep their family around but so why would this guy he's you know he's not uneducated but he's not particularly well educated you know national schools at the time were some they were of quality but they weren't they certainly weren't universities um and he uh you know what makes him want to go out and join the navy and it seems to me that a thirst for adventure would be part of it would you is that what you
1: yes that yeah. is that that would be like probably it was like like yeah. there's a huge huge chance that his curiosity of going yeah. outside a farm yeah would play a big big role and maybe even this.
0: just searching for a uh challenge might have been part mm. of it now the other thing about oh, he
1: got a challenge did oh boy
0: yeah <laughs> now the other part of Tom's story that is worth mentioning is you said he was 15 years old when he joined the Navy. Yes. Were you allowed to join the Navy at 15 years old at that time?
1: The Royal Navy didn't give a crap about what age you came in. It's like you could have been a 12-year-old that was like, I want to train. And it's like, it would have taken longer to train since you were a brittle 12-year-old boy in, in, in the 1800s. Yeah. But when he came... As a fifteen-year-old, yeah. he was he was already in pretty good shape, right? Because it's like working like you would think that working on a farm is pretty easy, but it's not.
0: Goodness, no! Goodness. Especially at the time, there was yeah in Ireland. So at the time, especially in Ireland, especially modern farm equipment basically didn't exist. Yes, in in that part of the country, uh, you'd have to get closer to Dublin to get anything approaching what at that time would have been considered modern. Farming techniques. Small family farms were all hand uh, hoed, hand um, plowed.
1: Mules were still being Yeah, used. mules.
0: Uh, exactly. So uh, that led to that. I mean, he was in ridiculous shape, absolutely. Now, the point that I was getting to is that he did lie about his age in order to join up. He did? Yeah. Wow. He wanted to get assigned to a ship right away.
1: Oh, right. That's. Yeah, because I was reading about, like, he could be any age just to go and sign up for the Royal Navy, but I didn't know that he wanted to go right away.
0: Yeah, so he was fi- he was 15, I think he told them he was 17 or 18, uh, so that he didn't need parental consent in order to join up. Um, and so, yeah, he went up, he just walked, what was it, 15 miles or something huh. to go find the Coast Guard and say, let me join... 15
1: miles? Psh, that was nothing for him. <laughs>
0: yeah, so... Now the time period in which he was beginning his navy career, England was in a time of relative peace. Mm. They had some colonial stuff going on, but it wasn't There was no there was yeah. no major European wars even really on the horizon. So what did the Royal Navy start doing?
1: Well, what they what they were planning to do what was make the dis- was making discoveries right. out in the antarctica yeah especially specifically <clears throat> the south pole
0: right cuz nobody had been to the south pole until then yes um, in fact antarctica itself had not been vis- by 1901 it hadn't been visited in almost, over 70 years so this what happened then in 1901
1: 1801 he um, Crean went out with Scott with Scott's uh, groundbreaking discovery expedition.
0: The Disco- yeah. Fal- Captain Falcon Scott. F-
1: Captain Falcon Scott. What
0: is the greatest name it's in the, the history the, in, of Royal Navy? Yeah,
1: it's like it's isn't there like a, a Nintendo character named after him? Uh, Falcon, Falcon There's
0: a... what's his name? Captain Yeah, Captain Falcon.
1: Captain Falcon. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's, he, he was yeah, commemorated. From, yeah. With a Nintendo character. He That's should, be, he should be humble about it. Yeah. Um,
0: but so th- this expedition was significant because it kicked off what's known as the Heroic Age of Antarctic Exploration. Uh, yeah, exploration. Heroic Age of Antarctic Exploration. Now, this was a time period starting in about 1900 and continuing, well, historians debate it, but about 1920. Nineteen twenty right
1: was about the was about the time where it round where it like calmed down and yeah. it was it wasn't really expeditions it was more like study groups right so it became like,
0: less yeah. right so what what distinguished the heroic age from afterwards would it,
1: like it was already discovered like every like there was already a map but like.
0: By the t- yeah, the, by the by the time the they heroic. finished,
1: yeah, because of the expedition, it the heroic was, like, age yeah, explorations. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was like the map was already made. Yeah. So when the heroic age like died down a little bit. Yeah. After that, it was easier to traverse through the Antarctic. So it was mm-hmm. easier for people to study other things than just the map.
0: Right. So this was an era, the Antarctic era. Required a different sort of person than you would have in Antarctica nowadays. In Antarctica, yes. in Ar- Antarctica nowadays has about five thousand uh, people on it at any given time. Yes, and these are almost entirely scientists, researchers, and they're the sort of person who um, will sacrifice a lot for the sake of um, knowledge. Right. Yes. They, I mean, because it's not a nice life to live in the Antarctica. No spend uh, much time there, and a lot of it is climate stuff. Some of it uh, is uh, conservation work that they're doing. It's all very good work, and what we're talking about now is not to disparage what they're doing, but the sort of person that would discover Antarctica back then was somebody who was motivated by a desire for adventure more than knowledge. Yes. Would you agree? Yeah. Yes. So, and that's what we see with the captains and their crew that they selected for these ventures is they weren't looking for studious men. They no. weren't looking for guys that would take copious notes.
1: They were looking for anybody. <laughs>
0: they were looking for anybody who was willing Will- yes, willing and able to...
1: withstand all, like, all everything. Go-
0: so what happened with the discovery then? That this first exploration of the heroic age...
1: Well, kind of... I failed <laughs> because
0: um, what was their goal by the way
1: their goal was just to just j- just explore right. antarctic
0: now, but they had one thing in mind they had a they had a location they wanted to reach right
1: that wait i'm thinking of some of something the else.
0: the south pole was the holy grail of all these explora- explorations
1: yes at the time yes yeah. it was
0: so the hope was with the discovery that they reach it, that they'd be able to get to the South yes, Pole yes. on this, they land in the Antarctica <laughs> and they're like, "We're gonna get to the South Pole. How hard could it be? How it was, hard could it be, Paul?"
1: It was so hard that, uh, that that when they set sail, yeah, it was 1901, yeah, but when they finally got out, yeah, guess what? Guess what age it was?
0: I I'm going to just let you go ahead and tell me.
1: 1903.
0: So it took them the better part of two years
1: yes to get
0: to and from now it takes about with sailing ships cover that distance takes about a month so what what was going what happened what took them so long to get home
1: they slipped into like a little ice break yeah so they were in so they were stuck in packed ice for two years
0: How does that happen? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a thing called summertime where the ice is supposed to not be around anymore.
1: Welcome to the Antarctic, (laughs) where summertime doesn't do anything, and it was only until the summertime of 1903, where it finally melted enough for them to finally set sail and go back and say that they failed this time and we need torches.
0: Yeah. No. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It, it just getting locked in ice for over a year does terrifying things to your psychology. Yes. Um, it's just like uh, you you go insane very very easily. Um, so the fact that Crean got out of this and liked it and enjoyed it so much so that he volunteered for future expeditions. Yes. <laughs> We're adding to his character now. We're seeing that he's not just somebody who's following orders. Yes. To go there. Like what he, did he even he, like about this? What did he enjoy? Why would he enjoy this crazy adventure?
1: Like from from what I read and from what I made notes from, I yeah. just pinpointed it to I just pinpointed it down to him just being an adventurous, curious guy. Yeah. Like, he was... He was doing these explorations for years. And he didn't even complain about it. He was no. having the best time of his life.
0: He absolutely was. They talked about Crean uh, in this first Discovery expedition. He, he'd never really seen snow before. It doesn't snow in Carrie. No. Uh, and maybe he'd been around it on some of his travels, but they were going to warm ports most of the time. And so here he ends up in... <laughs> Sub-zero temperatures. And he just keeps falling in the water, and, you know... Just like...
1: Just... Yeah, he's fine.
0: <laughs> he's sing- uh, here's a quote from Shackleton, who was one of the officers on there. He ended up being a significant figure in this era as well. He says uh, of Crean, he, was al- he always sang when he was steering the boat... And nobody ever discovered what the song was, but somehow it was cheerful. And he added, Crean was always in good humor. This becomes important later in Crean's life, I think.
1: Have you ever seen the, the picture of Crean holding loads of puppies?
0: We're gonna get to the puppies in that. Yes. So the puppies yes. that come in in a later expedition, uh, and we'll mention them. It's kind of a sad ending to that. Very sad. ending. Anyway, but that's the, that's the thing with Crean is he's just absolutely anything, unflappable.
1: Yeah, anything that happens, he'll just brush
0: it and I off think and laugh at
1: that's it. That's
0: why he, kept, he was so valued by these different captains that he ended up going with. Because morale is really important on these types of expeditions. Yes. Because, you, have you heard of snow madness? Yes. Yeah, you're just looking it's... out the window and you just see white. And that's what Antarctica is like. You just, and you just... The human brain is not programmed to deal with that kind of monotony.
1: It's like we're used to seeing loads of different colors. It's yeah. like right now we're looking at green, black, gray, yellow. Yeah. But absolutely. But then in the Antarctic, But then in the Antarctica...
0: Nothing. There's nothing. Sometimes you get white. some lichen growing on rocks near the sea, but that's it.
1: That's that's very rare.
0: It drives you absolutely insane. Okay. So... They finally got out of the ice. Yes. The discovery finally got free. They headed home, sort of sort of beaten, really, because the, the, they didn't reach their ultimate goal, the South Pole. No. They collected some data that was useful to scientists, but these guys weren't super interested in collecting data. It was incidental. Their goal was to be the guys that went to the South Pole. Everybody on that crew wanted to be the one that made it to the South Pole first. From the captain all the way down to the Botswans and everybody. So Shackleton then was annoyed that he didn't make it. So he got funding for a new private expedition. I don't have the name of that expedition and I forgot to look it up. But anyway, Crean wasn't on that. It's irrelevant to his no. story. It's the only relevant thing is, again, it failed. So then Scott... Funded himself another expedition.
1: Yes, but this one, it didn't really.
0: This one was worse than the last one.
1: Very much worse.
0: So, yeah, um, Jane uh, Ush, Jane Usher, is a photographer. Yes. Uh, she did a very good video about the heroic age of e- exploration for. I want to say it was National Geographic. It's on YouTube. Look her up, Jane Usher, heroic age of exploration. Uh, if you want to, there's a, she has a very good video of that because she's gone to the old huts that they built. They're still standing. Yes,
1: yes. They are still there untouched. Yeah. Mm, there's nothing different about it. Yeah. David
0: if, Attenborough referred to it as a time warp. Because you just feel like wow. you're, ste- you're just stepping into 19, uh, when oh, was the ex- expiration? 1902. Well, no, somewhere... this was on the second ex- Oh,
1: this was the second. Well, then somewhere around the 1910. Yeah.
0: Just before, so we're on the eve of World War One, but the world didn't know that, didn't they? (laughs) They were still carrying on as if it was nineteen hundred. The world is relatively peaceful. Things, uh, science. Well,
1: Ireland is relatively peaceful, (laughs) like America and Germany and Poland over there were like, "Eh, it's not that peaceful, but Ireland were. What's what's a war?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, no, but yeah, everybody else was pretty much. Things were still calm on and enough that they could feel that they could fund an exp- expedition like this. And they hit what could be the worst time to go. It was They came at a good time. It was spring. But it was still minus 40 degrees Celsius, which is, uh, for those of our American listeners, negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Fun fact, they meet at negative 40. Fahrenheit and Celsius are the same at negative 40. So there we go. Nice fact. Um So now they made an earnest push for the South Pole. But not too long into the expedition, there was some complications. Uh, So the ponies died. They had to send the dogs back because they couldn't deal with it. So what do you
1: you know? You know what was the name of Crean's pony? No bones.
0: Bones. Nice. So cute. (laughs) That's a good pony name. So what do you do when you have no? No dogs, no ponies to pull, haul, haul your stuff. You
1: do it yourself. You do it yourself. You suck it up and you go. Yeah.
0: That's called They call it man hauling. And they had to do that for hundreds of kilometers in order to get to the South Pole. Yes. And it was snowing like like there's no tomorrow. The wind was blowing like crazy. Um, it's actually pre- fairly rare to get precipitation in Antarctica. So the fact that yes. there was snow falling was
1: uh like snowstorms were were more were more common than actual rain
0: yeah rainfall yeah but both of them are fairly uncommon antarctica is technically classed as a desert it's just that when you get snow it stays forever
1: well yeah because of the yeah you got a point because of yes. low temperatures
0: yeah exactly so uh they were man hauling they're going up and then scurvy started to set in, because they were just eating biscuits and chocolate and high-calorie yeah, high, high calorie foods, but no fruit, and they didn't know the causes of scurvy at the time was vitamin C deficiency, so they didn't compensate for that. Um, but Cream was one of the guys that did not catch scurvy, uh, probably because he just refused to. Such a thing would bring, put a damper on the whole occasion, and yes. that's not what he was about. Uh, he was man hauling too high. He was man hauling more than just about anybody else on the crew. Uh, they had a group of, by that time it was about two dozen guys that were actually, or was it one dozen at this point, as they're heading towards the plateau?
1: From what I read, it was like about a dozen. yeah. soon leading <coughs> like half a dozen. Yeah.
0: And some of these guys were get, starting to get seriously ill, but they refused to turn around. And as they would go, The captain would select a a few more, a few more and a few more to leave behind, to get the crew smaller and smaller and smaller as they need to haul less stuff. And so finally they reached the polar plateau. He picked his final group. And what happened with Green? He got out. Got left behind. Yeah.
1: Oh, he was... Oh right, I forgot he was one of the ones that was left behind. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, what? So Scott then goes with it's mostly his officers, including one guy that's on the brink of death. Um, now why did they take him? He was oh. a
1: liability. To Crane would have done much better. <laughs> well, that's
0: the that's what everybody says. They don't under it doesn't make a lot of sense, and it's hard to know. It's hard to know what what the logic of that decision is
1: maybe maybe scott was high off of snow (laughs) they were also at
0: altitude good so this was your final five penguins don't dare tread in this last stretch what happened to these final five guys gone dead they um yeah they reached the south pole and they died on their way back So now, what about this group that... So now, Crean is part of this group heading on their way back. They don't get to go to the pole. They've been instructed not to. Crean shakes the captain's hand says, Thank you for the opportunity, sir. Consummate gentleman. And they're heading back. They don't have an easy time of it either. Yes. They had to, what, slide down a... An embankment, I guess you'd call it. Yes. uh, Like hundreds of kilometers... No, sorry. Hundreds of meters. Hundreds of meters. I'm
1: sorry, but that would have been fun.
0: (laughs) And uh, Crean is basically dying, and he says in his diary or in a letter to somebody, he said, This isn't the time to make a scene. (laughs) Uh, Their navigator is dying. He's quite sick. Snow blindness has set in. Um, And Crean disobeys a direct order. (laughs) Oof! <laughs> do you know what the order was?
1: No, I do not. Fill me in.
0: Navigator outranked him and said, "Leave me behind."
1: <gasps> well, I—that's Crean. Crean
0: put his body on a sled, pulled him, and then finally they're—they're they're moving along at a slow pace because they're hauling a nearly dead guy, <laughs> uh, and they so they say Crean, you go ahead of us. So he has to march. Um, I think it's about thirty kilometers to get uh, to fetch a dog team at the base and uh, save those guys' lives. So they get back to the base and they wait for six months for Scott to return. At a certain point, they had to know he wasn't coming back.
1: It 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 was a given that he was no longer he was. You can't. They didn't
0: have enough supplies to survive six months. But you know. They're not going to just abandon him when there's the tiniest, tiniest chance that he's still alive. So they send out a search party, and Crean... Was
1: in that search party.
0: And Crean was the one that discovered Scott's yes. body.
1: He, it, was, it was under the snow.
0: Yeah.
1: Buried. And yeah. he dug him up.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and according to one of his relatives, he, he bends down and kisses him on the, on the forehead, his body. Oh, that's wholesome. (laughs) There's a lot of... well, And that's what you notice is uh, Crean didn't just respect Scott as a superior officer. There was clearly... He was Scott's... He wasn't his number two uh, in rank-wise, but he was the guy that he wanted with him. You know, he kept on... Every time Scott would get a new ship or a new assignment he'd make sure that Crean was brought with him. I'm sure that he had a few guys like that, but there was a real trust there. I don't know yes. if it was, if Scott would have seen it as a friendship. Crean certainly did, but Scott had a tremendous respect.
1: It was the best friendship. Mm.
0: <laughs> Scott had a clear respect for Crean's abilities, and so then it raises the question, why didn't Scott bring him to the pole? There's a very good chance that they would have survived. Well, there's not a very good chance of them surviving. But there's a better chance of surviving with the strongest guy on your crew with you. So what, if, what ifs kind of dominate that decision making. And I couldn't find any explanation for why Scott chose the five Oh that yeah, he did. me neither.
1: Me neither. I was scaring the whole entire internet. I even considered buying a book, but it was way too late.
0: <laughs> there's always the library.
1: Yes, but what if it was five o'clock at night?
0: <laughs> what, five in the clock this morning?
1: Five, not this morning, but two days
0: ago. Okay, right. Now, um, <laughs> so th- there's like theory. Uh, maybe Scott didn't think it was proper to bring an Irish guy. Maybe he wanted an all-English team. Uh, there's actually, <laughs> there's a story that uh, Crean had the Irish flag in his sled. So it might have been that he thought that it would, because Scott yeah. Scott was definitely a patriot. Uh, a he was loyal, proud of his country. Definitely, so it could there could have been that uh, there could have been a like a political element to it, or maybe he wanted only officers getting there. Maybe he thought that was the proper representation of things. There's thoughts and theories we don't know because Scott's dead and nobody can ask him. Um and, but yeah, clearly uh, Crean was hurt by that decision. He wanted to go to the pole just like everybody else on that crew wanted to be the ones to do it be the first to get to the north pole was scott the first man to get to the south sorry south pole was scott the first man to get to the south pole Te- now he reached the south pole
1: technically yes but also no well,
0: <laughs> not even technically
1: not even technically?
0: A Norwegian team beat them by 30 days.
1: But how could they know? <laughs> they had no way of knowing. Exactly. They came so from the see. other
0: direction. Uh, so it turns out that them, their death after reaching the South Pole, they died knowing they'd failed. They succeeded in reaching the South Pole. Great accomplishment. But they wanted to be the first. And they were not. Uh, They actually recovered a photo from one of their bodies, um, you know, that was on them. And the photo has them reaching the South Pole, and there's the Norwegian flag. Now, now we move into the next chapter of... Crean's life. They go back. Oh yeah, resigned. and
1: and, bef- and before we start that, Crean, um, because of his heroic act of finding Scott's body, yes. he found the he was awarded the Albert Medal for life saving.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and the Albert um, Medal for life saving was a medal that was instituted in eighteen sixty six. After Queen Victoria's husband, husband Prince, Prince Albert. Albert died. Okay. Oh no, sorry, Prince Albert died in eighteen sixty one. Yeah.
0: Um. I'm sorry. Jesus. <laughs> you want to start over there? This is. Okay. So the Albert Medal.
1: The Albert is for life saving. Yeah, yes. It's named
0: after Prince Albert.
1: Who died in eighteen sixty one. Yes. <laughs> and Queen. Wait. Oh yes. Then it was five years later. Mm-hmm. Queen Victoria made uh,
0: made the medal in honor of them, her husband. Yes,
1: and then it was unfortunately terminated with the George Cross.
0: Okay, so it's been replaced.
1: It's been replaced. Okay, and the George Cross is literally. It's the it, um, it says that it's the second highest award of the United Kingdom honors system. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know that system very well, so. Me
1: neither. I don't like. I think like I got this all from like the official parliament site. Yeah,
0: yeah, right, so, right, okay.
1: So I'm not. I'm not really good with this stuff. I just mm. pulled it straight yeah. from the so, <laughs> the so <parliament> sa- site. <laughs> right.
0: So a queen received a very high a medal. Very high medal. Yeah, and.
1: For uh, life saving.
0: Yeah. Which he did because he saved the navigator by marching all that way. Yes. On they said what was it two biscuits and a piece of chocolate or something like that. That's what he he had. He had
1: had three biscuits.
0: Okay, three biscuits.
1: Two small sticks of chocolate, Mm -hmm. and he got through it all. Yeah,
0: right. That's. It was what like forty kilometers or thirty kilometers that he had to
1: very long,
0: and you could only make about. I mean how. What speed would you have to be moving at to make sure that you got there in time? It's oh, through would, the snow.
1: I don't think you like. I don't think they. Um, th- every anybody got like actual walking breaks. It's like as we said, uh, like it's, there was a sled. Yeah. And maybe people like jumped on, and yeah. then the other people jumped off to to haul. Yeah. But then.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a wash when you yeah. do it like that. So now we enter the um, probably the most famous expedition of this whole era, the endurance expedition. So the captain of that was a man called Ernest Shackleton. He was also Irish, but he was Anglo-Irish, Protestant uh, by religion, English-ish by descent, uh, very patriotic class of people at the time. Now here's what Sir Raymond Priestley had to say about Ernest Shackleton. He was talking about, your, you know, you have your captains. He says, mm-hmm. Scott, for scientific method. Am, uh, Amundsen, Amundsen. Amundsen. It's Norwegian, I don't know how to say it. For speed and efficiency. But when disaster strikes and all hope is lost, get down on your knees and pray for Shackleton. Shackleton wanted one more crack at Antarctica. All of his missions had failed. He wanted to make it to the pole, even though somebody else already had. So... He came up with a crazy new plan. Walk oh, no. across Antarctica. Mm. Nobody done that yet. Not a good idea. <laughs> right away, boat sailing towards Antarctica. It gets locked in the ice. Because <laughs> that's what, what a happens. a thought! <laughs> that's what happens. Now, they are stuck in the ice for quite a few months, but Shackleton is ready. And he starts putting on activities for the crew because to him... The morale is the most important thing. That was a very common theory at the time, that morale was... And
1: Crane uh, was very good at
0: that. Crane mor- was great at morale. So they, uh, for example, they put together what was called the South Polar Times, where they had uh, their own newspaper that they would distribute amongst themselves. <laughs> and you can still find... They actually sell copies of They sell uh, copies of it online for like a hundred. You can buy like authentic uh, folios okay, I'm... from the Folio Society. Uh, or is it folio? I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. Um, but this whole expedition was kind of just thrown together. Not very well planned out. Uh, and Crean, by this time, was one of the most experienced Antarctic explorers in the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, even by though... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing. is Because he's a low-ranking member of the Navy, because he's not educated, he's not considered an explorer. He's considered a crewman. You know what I mean? He doesn't get the same respect as yes, but guys leading the expeditions.
1: Yeah, and that's actually that actually eats up to the point of why he's, not, why he's not getting that much recognition.
0: To this day, yeah. And we'll get to that at the end. Uh, there's some things that I think was worth saying about that, for sure. Now, um, so they put on plays. They took photos. Uh, from the photos, you see there was some blackface. Nobody said it. they were perfect. <laughs> um, and then uh, the sh- the... Sled dogs had puppies. And who took care of the puppies? Creepinette. <laughs> yeah, and they said it was kind of funny because he was like... And you see pictures of it online. Yes. That's some of the most famous pictures of him. And even video of him holding like six puppies at a time. He loved animals. He absolutely adored them. The sailors started calling him mother.
1: Because he was, he was a mother.
0: Because he, he was the pup's mom.
1: He was the mother. <laughs>
0: So it was kind of a fun time these months that they were stuck in the, in the ice. Everybody got, uh, uh, you know, they had a fun time with that. And then they started hearing noises. The ice was, had that ship in a grip that was starting to hold on tighter and tighter. They have a saying now, what the ice gets, it keeps. So even during the summer, the ice was building and building and building and cracking their ship. And now it wasn't just a matter of waiting things out. They realized that they needed to do something dramatic. So they abandoned ship. And uh, they took out the, the life vessels and they started heading out. And then something unfortunate happened to Crete. The The
1: the puppies died in his arms. He, he t- had to shoot them. Oh, I forgot about that part.
0: <laughs> he had orders to shoot them. Oh, Sorry.
1: that's just sad. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he had to shoot them. It's like I was reading and it said that he died, that they died in his hands. But shoot him? <laughs> oh, I mean-
0: That, I mean...
1: That was not a morale booster. No. <laughs> that was not a morale booster. At, no.
0: <laughs> at this point, they were in survival mode, and they didn't want any dead weight. So they thought it would be more merciful to shoot the puppies than let them starve to death, and the ice flows. So. Well,
1: they would die instantly if they got chocolate, so... <laughs> I guess. Yeah,
0: there was no... There was not really... Yeah. <laughs> it's just a joke. So... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so now they had to... This was called... Now they... Had to get home, right? They don't have a boat. They have small life vessels. They can't take everybody um, as far as they need to go. So they sail 800 nautical miles to South Georgia is the plan. They make it as far as Elephant Island and leave some of them behind and head on up to South Georgia. To get some with enough boats to rescue them.
1: And they ate penguins. Well, They They ate penguins They're... on elephant island <laughs>
0: what do you expect them to eat elephants there's none around <laughs> and they are delicious so
1: how would you know
0: i know things anyway right? so that because they need to find boats that are going to be able to rescue the rest of their crew so they send off some guys among them tom Green. tom of course to shackleton rescue. shackleton trusts this guy so they find themselves in the midst of terrible seas in the south, well, in the south seas.
1: A long, sharp oof.
0: Yeah. They were nearly capsized several times. They had gigantic waves. Um, imagine being one of the guys left behind on Elephant Island. You're, these guys are heading off for some whaling station 800 kilometers away. In these tiny boats. And you just have to trust that they're going to come for you.
1: Trust isn't something that you should always have. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So, finally, um, these 22 sailors that headed off for South Georgia um, make it to the island, but they're on the far side of the island, and the whaling stations across the island. So instead of sailing around, they decide to hoof it. So they Shackleton, Tom Crean, and a guy called Worsley, who's mm-hmm. from New Zealand, uh, go across it. Now was the was South Georgia uh, uh, like just a nice flat uh, tropical spot? No, no, no. It was the no, opposite was of that. Not. Was yeah.
1: Well, Georgia's a little bumpy.
0: South <laughs> Georgia Island is uh, has mountains and glaciers, that some of which are higher than well, I think they're higher than anything in Ireland. Um, yeah, so they had to now like go through this whole mountaineering ideal uh, ordeal. And they get to the whaling station, and they say, "Can you help us?" And the whaling station says, "No." <laughs> no <Well, it's> disappointing! <laughs> they don't have sufficient boats to go and get these hundred or so sailors. You
1: can't blame them, though. It's like there were so many, like there were so many crewmen and sailors. Yeah, absolutely. That, and like, yeah. And
0: like we said, the seas are dangerous. You can't just send any boat down there; it'd be a waste of lives. Yes. So they're like we can take you to south america so they get to south america and uh we you know the the crew kind of has to now talk the governments there into helping them uh, shackleton should have taken charge of that but the story that you get is that shackleton seemed traumatized or Uh, overwhelmed or just like plain out of it and he the diplomacy side of this whole thing he just seemed demoralized so it was really Kreen who's not a talkative fella has to take over and uh, so he's the one that he at least is given the credit for uh, helping make sure that the rescue effort gets mounted so they send uh, send help back and Yay, all good. Doerr's expedition didn't even begin to make it towards South Pole yes. as these expeditions <laughs> tend to go. Just an abject Navy. failure, but v- a very interesting experience.
1: Navy, British Royal Navy in the 1900s. Get your facts straight.
0: <laughs> they, they didn't plan ahead terribly well. Now, at this point, Crean was done. He spent more time in Antarctica than almost anybody in the world up until then. He, went, he quit, went back to County Kerry, where he came from, and opened the South Pole, Pole Inn. South Pole Inn, uh, which is a pub and... With his
1: wife. With his wife, yes.
0: Nice. Um, now, that last endurance expedition doesn't just mark the end for Crean, though. It also, in the eyes of some historians, marks the end of the heroic age of Antarctic exploration. After that the explorations became very different in the way they were organized. They were much more carefully organized. They their purpose Finally. their purpose wasn't just I'm going to be the first guy to walk across Antarctica. I'm going to be the first guy to go to the South Pole. They had like more clear objective, more reasonable objectives like, you know, scientific purpose to it. Um, and so they were more sustainable. Uh, and you know, you wouldn't have this current era of Antarctic exploration if you didn't have a few crazy guys go in first. That had to happen because those are the only guys who are going to get...
1: You learn from your mistakes. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And so now we're in this era where there's just not a place in the Navy for somebody like a Shackleton or a Crean, where... Uh, just people who are doing it for the sake of the of the adventure now, you need there's to be a little there's a little extra yeah, to it now n-
1: now you have to be trained like you have yeah. to you have to go through so much training to to learn how to bear the cold and yeah. how to study everything and it's like yeah what um, we had like in my in my old school some my teacher my teacher's boyfriend was actually was... Either in the North or South Pole, I don't actually remember exactly.
0: They're kind of the same thing.
1: They have pole. So I'm just gonna count mm-hmm. it. It was. I think it was South Pole because. Make sure I, they weren't in
0: Poland.
1: Poland, no, it doesn't get that white. Um,
0: I don't know. Poland's pretty white.
1: You would be surprised. <laughs> you would be surprised, boy. Um well he he had to go through so much training right like he yeah. was he like right. he was telling us how he had to go through like a whole entire um week and like just knowing how to do everything, yeah, so it's like he he had to know how to survive if the power went out. Yeah. Which was a big, big problem. Yeah. That if the power went out for a second and the generator just stopped working. Yeah. By the time they had uh, they finished fixing it, you'd be dead. They would be dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, you
1: would know that they would be dead. So, he was trained on how to survive during the time of it being just all
0: gone
1: mm-hmm. um he he ate like very weird foods mm-hmm. it's like just twice the amount of his ordinary calorie intake
0: mm-hmm. twice yeah 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 we, yeah absolutely yeah and it's all
1: i just was i just was when he was talking about it i was just in shock i mm-hmm. was like how could you eat so much and then when he told us about how the cold burned yes. calories yeah. so quickly, I was like, "Okay, well, I guess I'm going to the South Pole."
0: Yeah, good weight but
1: loss. Yeah, good weight loss. Yeah. Exercise regimen. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, girls, let's uh, do those.
0: Sitting in the freezing cold.
1: Mm. Just sitting around. We're just sitting around. Just
0: do it. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's uh... now. There's one element of the endurance exercise expedition that I forgot to mention very interesting what year was did the endurance expedition begin
1: um,
0: I'll give you a clue it's one of the most important years in the past hundred and twenty years
1: 19, 50 no 40
0: 14 Nineteen fourteen. Oh, nineteen. Oh, 19- now, what else was going on in the world in nineteen
1: fourteen?
0: The war. <laughs> the war. The Great War. World War One. Numero uno. But the expedition <sighs> The no, expedition took off just before the war started. Like just before.
1: And so, how did that work out?
0: They took. Uh, well, that's the thing is, once they were off, there was no getting in touch in touch with them. As far as, you know, they couldn't send out messages once they were locked in the ice. They didn't have telegraph wires running down there.
1: <laughs> Not yet, though.
0: No. Yeah, exactly. So that's the other interesting thing is they have, they're just totally isolated from yeah. the outside world. While the, the thing that changes human history, the thing that leads us to this era is going on, they have a clue what is happening out there. Because even once World War I started, everybody said, it'll be over by Christmas. It... Nobody knew, even at the start of that war, how much it was going to change humanity. It was going to change warfare, how we'd see the world. The terror with which we look at war originates there. Because before that, war was a distant thing. War was a heroic, a romantic thing. And then in World War I, we saw pictures. And we saw men come back in their hundreds of thousands traumatized shell-shocked meanwhile the endurance expedition is putting on plays and you know and raising dogs raising puppies and things like that they they're have their shooting them. <laughs> they have their own problems and they have their own thing going on they're in their own little world they're like a time capsule from the moment before the world war starts and they just get to be isolated from it and it's almost preferable to be stuck in the antarctic than if they had stuck around another couple weeks and been assigned to you know, to the front or to, to fight in World War One. I would think I'd prefer the expedition. I'd prefer it by 100% a lot. Hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Especially if it was with you, because I because I know I could survive with you.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I'm i I'm an idiot. But <laughs>
1: oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Okay, yeah. you're an idiot, sure. So Okay. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, so now let's talk about. We got. I mean, we're running uh, significantly over time now. Ah, eh, who cares? We the, all my episodes have been 20 minutes so far, and we're at almost 50 now. Uh,
1: That's what you get with a guest. <laughs> yeah,
0: double your time, double exactly. your talking. This is this is where we are. Now, why do you think Crean has failed to ca- like Shackleton? You say Shackleton. Probably, I don't know. A decent amount of people will know who you're talking about. Yes. Especially in Britain and, and Ireland, where he's a little bit more well-known. In America, we don't talk about him so much, because we only talk about American stuff. Um, you know.
1: Yeah, United States. Exactly.
0: <laughs> we talk about John Glenn, the first American in space, even though he was significantly far behind Yuri Gagarin, the first person in space. Because that guy was a dirty commie, and nobody talks about him.
1: Aw. Oh, poor, poor commie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the joke? Yuri trained For years, so much of his life was spent with difficult training and self denial just so that he could spend 40 minutes outside of the Soviet Union.
1: (laughs) 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 All right. Paul here
0: is Polish. His parents were raised under the whole
1: communism thing. The
0: whole communism, Soviet oppression thing. There's there's, uh, some. There's some issues there. There's some deep-seated Jeanette. It's been bred into your DNA, <laughs> a fear of Soviets. I, I don't...
1: Okay, I'm going to jinx it when I say I don't fear Soviets, yeah. because you never know if what If the KGB
0: knocked here. on this door right now, would you feel safe?
1: No! <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, because probably... I
1: would be confused why they're in Ireland.
0: <laughs> I'd be... I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> they can get
0: anywhere they want to go. Anyway, why has Crean failed to receive the kind of recognition that you would expect of the man who 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 spent who was he was like the Forrest comp of this time, right? Where he was just on almost every major expedition uh that that the English speaking world was doing.
1: One big reason of why recognition eluded him Was because he didn't want recognition. Yeah. Okay. One huge, huge, big reason. Like, a big percentage of why he isn't recognized till this day as much as Shackleton or Scott. Yeah. Because he just didn't want it. He was always the person who wanted to make people happy. He was the person who wanted to to seek adventure. He was curious. About seeing the outside world other than a farm in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Which I can say is pretty boring. <laughs> it, it,
0: it gets a little monotonous, for sure.
1: Yeah. But again, like, so
0: does Antarctica, after about yeah. a minute. <laughs> but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like he just... he escaped. He His escaped, goal yeah. was
0: not to become famous.
1: He escaped as a 15-year-old. Yeah. Lied about his age just because he wanted to see the world. Yeah. Because he thought that the Royal Navy would set him out to explore the world. No, he would go on relentless expeditions that would go nowhere. <laughs> yeah.
0: But... But he also got to go to exactly. lots of exotic assignments before exactly. the Antarctica thing. Just those aren't so well documented. Yes, because, because, these he,
1: are, yeah, because he wasn't really...
0: These are more notable. Yeah.
1: He the, the, the most the most notable out of all of his expeditions were the Antarctic expeditions because Absolutely. he was well, those the most were unprec- heroic in those and those were
0: unprecedented. <laughs> yes. Um. So. Yeah, and I I noticed that with Crean, there's very few primary sources dealing directly with Crean. He's mentioned here and there by Shackleton in, in uh, his writings and by other people who write write about that era but creen all we have from him are a couple of letters he never wrote an autobiography he n- never really talked to his family about his time and his expeditions there's very few stories even from his children or anything like that they mm-hmm. they don't have much because they he just didn't talk much uh he was a quiet soul he was a he wasn't the kind of guy that chases attention and that's that's okay, but it's di- it's disappointing for us here looking now. back that we don't have his perspective yeah. on things.
1: Because it would have helped so much to see how yeah. much he endured during all these things. Yeah,
0: and I think it would have been good to know the psychology that went into that so that we can kind of understand. I think we could benefit more from him if he had talked more about why he was able to go through that without really missing skipping a beat. Because that's... What I always try to do with these episodes is I try to pull some lesson from it what kind of person are we dealing with? why were they able to do what they did and we can we can guess and we can glean things but we don't know we don't know what it was that made him tick we don't know what it was that kept him going because he didn't talk about it he didn't he, he, duty he, he duties very... though seems to be a theme with him he was endlessly loyal to whoever he was serving under even though he was not he was not a British, you know. He was no tremendous fan of the crown. No, he was. He, he was he, some. He had some nationalist tendencies. It was the There's only. It was the that.
1: only place. It was really the only place where he could escape and actually find yeah. out yeah. about the world because he wasn't. He wasn't yeah. doing
0: it because he wanted to serve Britain exactly. No,
1: he, like as we said. It, it, but Earlier, mm. that he that while he was on the sled, he had an Irish flag,
0: he would carry it with him. He exactly, was so
1: he was very patriotic about Ireland. And, right. and if he was so patriotic about Ireland, y- why would he join the Royal Army? N- Navy, the, yeah, the, the Royal Navy,
0: exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting kind of it seems like a paradox looking at it from the outside, but it probably made perfect sense to him. And he just has never bothered to explain himself.
1: Maybe it's somewhere engraved underneath the pub, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see, well, we'll see.
0: Now, there's an interesting story about the pub as well. Yeah. Um, so, he didn't... Part of the reason why he didn't talk about his time in the Royal Navy was because by the time he got back, Irish nationalism was in full swing. <laughs> um, you know, he got didn't get back until 1917, you know, just after the Easter uprising, and and really, like, Britain... Before that, nobody the average Irish person liked the idea of Home Rule, but they were not on board with Civil War. They were not on board with... Actually, most people were not on board with actually fighting anything. But after the Easter Uprising, Britain had made themselves very unpopular in in Ireland because of the kind of callous way that they'd gone about putting things down. Um, So that's probably a big, big reason why Crean didn't talk much about his experiences, because... It would have been interpreted as pro-English by the more vehement people. And even, like, his pub was broken into uh, by the Black and Tans, by the, the Loyalist yeah. uh, forces in Kerry, uh, And they were going to, like, you know, trash the place. And then they saw his medals on the wall, and his, his British medals, and he put up pictures and stuff. And they're like, oh, this is a Royal Navy man. Well, leave him alone. So if the Black and Tans were thinking that way then logically the IRA and, and a lot allied groups to them would think that about Crean as well, mm. that he's on that side. There wasn't a lot of neutrality at that time. It was pretty hard to say, no, 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 I'm not part of either of those. You were expected to join up. You were expected to, to have an opinion. You were either with or against. Yeah, you were expected to. So it's not surprising that Crean never published a book. Uh, he
1: just't he just't he just't be I
0: don't think he wanted this. the trouble though I think like his brother was in the uh, uh, police force and was murdered yes uh, by Republicans for being you know they thought that was just the height of being a traitor being a Catholic in the police force there was a lot of a lot of that going around so yeah that could have that was probably a strong force that kept him quiet in addition to his already quiet nature yeah so couldn't be beaten by whatever nature threw at him because challenge and reversal of fortune were not concerning to him it seems almost as if he wanted those he wanted to be pushed and and challenged to his very edge and that's how he knew that he was doing what he loved doing, which was going out to the end of the world and being the man that can survive it. So I think that's why he was always happy, you know, at the steering wheel of this boat that's about to capsize, because he knows that that's what he was made to do.
1: He, 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 so he wh- His purpose... Yeah. was to adventure out.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's something maybe that you can pull from in life is that every time something's thrown at you, every time it feels like you're about to capsize, you can be happy because you know that if you survive it, then, you know, then you're a winner. You might not reach the South Pole, you might not reach your goals, but you've kept going through the punches might have to shoot your dogs along the way (laughs) but you made it it's the end it's the end absolutely all right (laughs) right. okay so this is the our third time through trying this outro (laughs) paul what do you have to plug for us
1: well if you want any art commissions just go on Twitter at PandaComic12.
0: The Panda Comic. Okay.
1: All right. <laughs>
0: okay. Panda right. Comic12. Pa-
1: Panda Comic12. Panda
0: <laughs> Comic. Panda like the Chinese bear uh, thing.
1: Panda and then comic like just like funny pages comics. Yeah, comic. Um, twelve. Twelve. As one, in two.
0: Twelve as in twelve thousand.
1: No, don't type in 12,000. <laughs> just type in 12. No, but it's the
0: same two numbers, just well, okay, in different places. Fine. One, two. Alright,
1: alright. Um, I do full body images, I do portraits, I also draw wallpapers. Um, they can be landscapes, like sparkly, shiny things. Um, if you use a code PERSONA, you'll get a 20% discount and you will also support your host.
0: All right, thanks, Paul. That's so. Again, that's Panda Comic Twelve at Panda Comic Twelve on Twitter. Use code Persona when direct messaging him uh, for a twenty percent discount. Uh, another great way to help the show is by buying my book that I've written, um, A Forgotten Count. Sorry, The Forgotten County: A Guide to Donegal. It's a history of some of the sites that you'll see around Donegal, the history behind them, what you could expect to see It's a great there. read. Uh, thank you, Paul. And uh, so check that out. It's on Amazon, uh, Kindle at the moment. And of course, please share the show if you enjoy it. Tell your friends. Subscribe if you have not already. Next week's person is not actually one person. It is people We're going to be talking about the history of some of the more unusual uh, among us, those who have used their abnormalities to make a career. It is the Circus Freak special. All right, thank you very much for listening. Catch you next time.
1: Bye-bye.